Alright, today I'm joined by the, the handsome half of the Young Hearts Run Free podcast, Mr. John Cassidy. And uh, we're sitting outside the, the home of St. Johnson Football Club, so your, your other half... He's with us. <laughs> be extremely jealous. <laughs> yeah, it most definitely will. Lovely to be here, thank you. So, start off with John. Can you tell me how you started off in running? Yeah, it was the year escapes me, but I think it might have been 2011 or 12, and it was three years after I'd stopped smoking. I'd been a smoker maybe smoked between 10 and 15 cigarettes a day for, I don't know, 15-20 years, something like that. And then I stopped smoking and then everything started tasting really nice and my taste buds became alive again. So I put on quite a bit of weight and it was one Easter weekend and my wife Susan suggested to go on a bike ride. So we went on a local, there's some lovely cycle routes about here, went on a bike ride to Almond Bank which is just four miles away. There's a couple of wee inclines on it, and I was quite ashamed to say, because I'd been relatively fit by playing football and stuff, but I was ashamed to say I had to get off the bike and push it. And at one point, I thought my chest was going to explode. Um, and the next day, so say that was, I'm pretty sure it was Easter Sunday. The next day, I went on the NHS website and downloaded the Couch to 5K. And I, I worked with a couple of people who were runners. Um, Tom Sutherland being the main encourager. Stephen Watt as well. I met Stephen roughly around about that time. And uh, he was a runner. And when I did the couch to 5k, I must say it took me three attempts to complete it. Um, but I did the couch to 5k and then I got interested in 10Ks, half marathons, which I never knew there was a half marathon. <laughs> I never even knew that. That's how naive I was. And just never stopped, really. But that was the thing that started me just um, a few years ago. And I think I'm relatively lucky now that, yeah, I get sore knees and I get sore ankles and I get sore hips. But I never, I've not done this all my life. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So my body's still relatively new to the sort of running scene. You know? Have you, since you've not done it all your life, have you been injured in the time that you've been running? I've got, the reason I stopped playing, I wasn't a great footballer, <laughs> but I turned up every week and I was there and I used to get picked most of the time. Um, but I got, a, I did a cartilage in my, my knee, my left knee, when I was about 18, 19. But I come back and I played football for a bit after that, but that has resurrected itself that injury especially when I'm doing the sort of longer distances but I've, I've learned that I need to allow myself time to recover you know so that although not a running injury I've had pulled calf muscles and things like that but um, that injury is a long-standing one now I'm not a medical person but is it the meniscus yeah. in, your, in your knee I've been, since I started going to a physio, he's identified that that's exactly what it is. I get a wee click when I fully extend or bend my knee, that I'm doing right now, um, and he said that's the meniscus, so 
it just needs time after a long run just to settle down again. Yeah. Okay. And do you find that that happens when you do more running or a certain type of running? Or up up to twenty miles, it's fine. Absolutely no problem at all. I'm, I'm absolutely cool with that. But when I go twenty plus. I can keep going, it's sore, but it's the recovery time after it. If I do a 20 mile run, there's no ill effect after it, I'm absolutely fine. If I go to 30 miles, 35 miles, then probably it's going to take me three or four days of sometimes yelping, getting out of bed in the morning, and then that eases off, like most recently, after doing the this year, my most recent run was a hundred mile thing in Berlin. I've taken the month of September off just to give myself time because I was feeling I did a few five k, ten k things at the end of August, but it was it wasn't getting any better and not on the time scales I was expected to. So I've then taken September off. Um, I decided to. We've got a week to go till the end of September. I feel I could run now, but I'm not going to. Yeah. Do you think that, that you're taking a month off because you don't want it to become, you don't want the injury to come back, or it was a hundred miles? How long would you give yourself after a hundred miles anyway? Um, I've done. That's the longest distance I've done. I've done long distances before, and generally I've taken like two weeks off and then I'm back out running. But I remember, and I hope I remember this correctly, at one of the West Highland Way Inspiration Nights, Sean Stone said, the race medic, had said that you take a week off for every mile that you run. And I was like, that can't be right. Surely that can't be right. So, but to give your body time to fully recover, there has to be a decent amount, amount of rest. What I did directly after Berlin was I walked every day. I was doing like, 20,000, 25,000 steps every day but I was walking in the sea and trying to keep mobile and that felt fine but when I started going for runs I just felt something wasn't just quite right so that's why taking this time off um, I think is appropriate for this one but normally after a long distance run I'd be back after a couple of weeks but I've had quite a hefty year you know I've done quite, quite a few things this year and 2024 is shaping up with some other hefty things. So I want to be in the best place for that. Yeah. Well, before we move on to uh, uh, 2024, yeah. what, what were you in this year? This year, my Aries was going to be the one in Berlin. And then I got a place in the Manchester Marathon. And my, my dream for a long time was to do a sub four hour marathon. I got close a couple of times. Um, but this time I worked with Fiona Watt, Stephen's wife. She coached me for the to go for a four hour marathon. That then became my A race to do that. Um, I finished it in three fifty eight, so job <laughs> job done. Big thank you again to, to Fiona for all the help that, that she gave me that she gave she just gave me the fitness, she gave me the belief and the strength mentally and it's quite hard to put into words actually how much Funa gave me for that. 
Um, and then I actually struggled to find, I did something else, but I can't quite remember what it was, in the middle of, it's come back and bite me actually, in the middle of Manchester, I did a few 10Ks, half marathons, um, and on the back of that marathon fitness, I smashed all my PBs for the sort of lower distances as well, so I'm delighted with that. I'm sure I did something longer, but it escapes me. But I struggled with the transition of going from the faster stuff. Berlin was obviously going to be longer but slower. I really struggled with slowing down until a month, three weeks before, I managed to be doing, with some encouragement, to be doing like 11 minute miles, which is where I think I needed to be for Berlin. Um, so my A race was Berlin at the start, sorry. I've always got a long answer, it's never a short answer, but my desire for that sub four made Manchester my A race. And then I've done Berlin, and then I had nothing planned until the end of the year, but I've now signed up for a 10K on my birthday. So something doing this year. And your, your 10k on your birthday, mm. is it a significant one? Um, well, I love every day like it's my <laughs> birthday, um, but I suppose it's, it's not a significant birthday. I would like, I'll be 58 this year on November the 11th and that's when I'm doing that 10k. Um, I always celebrate at least for a week, but generally I celebrate most of the time. Um, I would like to do something significant for my 60th birthday, so building up towards that. Um, but no, this, this year is just, I suppose, it's just an ordinary, ordinary birthday. Yeah. See, I was meaning the race, is that significant? Oh, that's <laughs> <laughs> no, I wasn't. <laughs> no, it's a 10k, I think, uh, it's the, I think it's run by the Newton Roadrunners, it's done by Canvas Langway, which is handy, because my daughter lives in Glasgow, so I'll go and do the run, and then go and see my daughter on my birthday. And the other race that you mentioned that you've done this year is Berlin 100. Tell mm. me about that one. That was brought to my attention. I, last year, 2022, I did the Glenmore 24. And I think I ended up with either 72 or 76 miles in 24 hours. I, w I went into that injured. And my aim was originally to do 100 miles. And, um, but being injured, my aim changed to be awake and move for 24 hours as much as I could. Obviously you've got your pit stops every time you, you come round if you wish. I achieved that. I never slept. I kept going for 24 hours. Had a great experience. And then Stephen and I spoke about it on the podcast and I must have said something about that desire for 100 miles. Izzy Knox, or Izzy Cairns, was listening in and she sent me a message saying you should think about this 100. She'd done it three times at that point. She was over again, doing it again this year. So as he planted the seed, and I just, I loved the whole um, thought behind it. It was on the perimeter of what was the Berlin Wall, 100 miles, I love Germany. Anyway, I love Berlin. And it was just quite magnificent. The whole, the whole sign up process, all the numbers aligned to significant numbers from the period of the Berlin Wall. So that was that, and um, went over, did that in August this year. Had the desire, again, for 24 hours to do it, 100 miles, but I think I ended up being 27-something. Um, I knew it was gone, the 24-hour thing was gone by 12 miles, 
that, and I, I do simply think that was, for me, the, I never transitioned enough from the faster stuff to the slower stuff, and I got tired. <laughs> so, yeah. so does that mean that you're going to go back and, not necessarily to that race, but to another hundred and aim for the? Yeah, I will do that. I still feel I've got, I definitely feel I've got that in me, but whether that, I've heard a few people mention to me, they get the, the, the track. And I know Mark Cobain does a one called The Track um, and I know there's a few events down in England that, that have that I think it would have to be that type of thing where I would achieve 100 the thing um, yeah it was there was a lot of hilly stuff in Berlin that I wasn't expecting Berlin as a city is flat yep. no problem but when you're out and up in the forests there was loads of elevation so lots of ups and downs so you know what though, I, I maybe would still like to take on any 100 mile distance in 24 hours. I think I could probably get that as a banker on a flat surface though. Yeah. yeah. Well, Mark uh, Cobain's race, it, it takes place on the weekend that the clocks change, so you get a bonus hour because the clocks. Ah, so you've so. actually got 25 hours. Right, mm, <laughs> must look into that. I'm not, what location is that? Is it down in England somewhere, uh, isn't it? I don't know. Yeah, because he's got the line, he's got the tower, the bridge and the yeah. track, he's got lots of these. Um, it's been presented to me by f in Facebook posts, so I've all it's on the radar, um, but I've got another hundred, significant hundred thing that I've uh, signed myself up for. And, and tell me about that one. It, that's the, the Lakeland hundred. We've been down, Steve and I have been down a couple of times, down the Lakeland 50, and the hundreds, just that itch that needs scratched for me. I'm not under any illusions how difficult it's going to be and how hard it's going to be, but I'm going to be in December, I'm going to be start working with Fiona again with the focus, that is my A race for next yep. year now. Um, that's going to be the focus. Everything we do from the start of December through the end of July is going to be focused on me doing the best I can. Um, you know what? Foolishly saying this being recorded, I'm not going to rule out a sub 24 at the Lakeland 100. Okay. You know, so reach for the stars and all that. But complete and finish would be the ultimate aim. I've never been on the first 50 odd miles of that. I've only done the, the second part of it. So I've, I've signed up for a recce in March that takes me from Buttermere to Dalmain. I might not manage the official recce of Coniston to Buttermere, but I can go and do that yeah. myself. Well, when I was packing my bags to come on this trip uh, four days ago, I didn't know I'd be talking to you. Uh -huh. So I didn't know that this was going to go in the bag. But. <laughs> Brilliant. So it must be a sign that I'm wearing my Lake, Lakeland 100. Brilliant. What year is that from? Uh, 2016. 2016. And just switching the tables <laughs> for a second here. Is it in the races that you've done of similar type elevation and distance, where does that rank with the difficultness of? It's hard to say because I've done so many races that have been longer. Yeah. So many races have been hillier. So 
compare it to like another hundred miler, it's probably one of the harder hundred milers to do, I would say. Yeah. But the thing that got me was I was ill and probably shouldn't have started the race, but I'm too stubborn and I didn't even pay for entry because I'd volunteered the year before, so I yeah. got free entry. Mm -hmm. I wasn't giving that up, right. so too stingy. Right. <laughs> I could always just buy you a t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well I'm the same, because Steve and I were down helping out with the social media stuff yep. last year, Matt very kindly agreed to let me enter the 100 as a, as a volunteer. So. That's what happens when you've got WhatsApp and you've got a <laughs> glass of red wine, man. You know, so, but I'm, lo I'm looking forward to it. I love a challenge. I love a challenge. I'm also, eh, stubborn's a word. <laughs> I'm also very stubborn and I'm hoping I'll see it through. And I've got every intention of making it one of the best experiences I can. You know, hence having Fiona involved. Yep. She'll drive me and make, get me in the best possible place. Good. And uh, what what was it you were doing for the social media side of things? Um, I'm sure Matt won't mind us saying that Stephen and I's 2022 review of the Lakeland 50. Do I take you swear? Go for it. We sort of took the just going to say we sort of <laughs> took the piss a bit of the event, but in a very light-hearted way. We were we we were ambassadors for the Lakeland weekend because we. Embraced it fully and, and loved it, and uh, but we were having a wee bit of a laugh about some of the the paths as you come to Scotland and see how to really do paths, you know, rather than these slate things they've got in the Lake Dale City. We slagged off the cheap Coca Cola that they had at the aid stations, which I think they replaced by better stuff. <laughs> so we've actually made it better for every other entrant that's been in there. But Mark caught wind of that and he liked it and he enjoyed it, and then. There's always a bit of a gap between people signing up in September for the following year. Then they have their recce's in January, and then there's a bit of a gap. So what Mark had thought was, let's do something in there. So he very kindly arranged for Stephen and I to speak with um, past participants, starting off with Emma Stewart, who was the, the, the most recent female winner at that time. Um, we spoke to people from uh, aid stations, we spoke to people who were going back to get that bit of slate that they get when they do five and all that sort of stuff. And it was it was absolutely fantastic, really, really enjoyed it. So we did all that between the start of the year and July, and then the weekend of the actual event, we went down, interviewed Emma Stewart on the stage, and then we pretty much, they gave us the keys to their social media, to Facebook, so we're doing a lot of Facebook Live stuff. Um, and people are fed back, they really enjoyed it because you know the start from Coniston, they leave the school and go up that wee hill. I was at the top of the wee hill and did it live till all the runners went through and people were commenting and going, good luck to Bob, good luck to Sarah and all that sort of stuff. So really getting involved with that. We visited a couple of the checkpoints. The one at Ambleside, Stephen did a sort of guided tour of Ambleside while I was getting my face painted with glitter. <laughs> um, and then we were back. We got um, Andy Berry coming in, we got Sabrina coming in, the, the 100 winners, and then we got uh, Neil McNichol coming in, we got Katie coming in, the 50 winners, and then we just 
immersed herself in the night, you know, it's amazing. People achieving dreams and coming in, and it was, we were just lucky to be able to take part of that. And then the following day, the Sunday, the big presentation ceremony streamed all of that as well, you know. So, and um, that was our reward. It was a it was a tough gig though, you know, because although you're getting to see it from the other side, um, we were on it all the time, you know. Yeah. There wasn't much of a break, so it was it was actually quite tiring. Um, but loved it, absolutely loved it. Yeah. So although you're going to be running the race next year, mm -hmm. are you intending on doing any of the social media leading up to it? Yes, I think so. I think that's the plan that we, we build on what we did last year. And Stephen's taking the decision that he won't run. <laughs> so he can do um, some more of that sort of stuff on site that we did and uh, build on that. We've already got some plans and ideas that we'll present to Mark and the race team um, about doing things a bit better than we did yeah. last year but that'll be down to Stephen because I'll be elsewhere doing other stuff. You, you'll be doing live on on the trail. If I can, <laughs> yeah definitely. If, if, if there's, I maybe have to record it and then publish it later because I didn't get a signal but yeah that's the intention that I'll be doing some stuff <laughs> on there but I shall also be there to run. Right, yeah. As I've said to plenty of other people, get off your phone. It's, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, you, yeah. You're there to run, not put put that away. Yeah. So, uh, thinking about Berlin, Lakeland, what shoes were you wearing, or will you be wearing in Lakeland? What shoes were you wearing for Berlin? <clears throat> what was I wearing in Berlin? I think in Berlin I wore my road shoes which were Saucony, now I don't know the name and number of them, they were just right. Saucony green ones with a foamy heel, um, they were they were good, but for my, for the lakes, I'll be wearing a pair of the North Face shoes, trail shoes that have got a decent lug on them, but you know what, I've not been, on, I'm going to wear them on the recce in March, I've not been on that first bit so I might need to get one with a, a better lug and I know Stephen's a great source of information when it comes to shoes um, they're just so it's a bit like biscuits isn't it there's just so many options that yeah. you've got um, have you what do you wear for trail shoes uh, today's 35 miler and yesterday's was uh, ultras okay I've only heard about people speaking about ultras because they were wider toe box. Yeah, I, I've got quite narrow feet, and I think it, they've not only got a wide uh, toe box; they've got zero drop as well. Right. Okay. And I used to not so much mo anymore run uh, in minimalist shoes, barefoot shoes. Mm -hmm. So they're like that, but with cushioning. Right. Okay. If that makes sense. And is it a bit of a transition to go from what I would call a normal shoe to that zero drop? Because I used to run in the minimalist shoes, mm. I'd already done that transition. Right, okay. So I didn't feel it, but other people have said that they can't run in them because of that transition. So mm -hmm. it's what suits you, isn't it? it? It definitely is. And what about um, for the lakes? Would you, if you were taking on the Lakeland 100 today, would you wear these shoes? Oh, definitely. Where I'm a clumber. Right, okay. 
So I'll take that. I'll take that on board, because in all honesty, the shoes I've got, the North Face shoes that I've got now, they'll be done by the time I get to next summer. So that's gonna be something. Hey, we're getting close to Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> Put them on your wish list. Yeah, yeah. So. So, that was probably the longest conversation about swanks that you've been allowed to have. It is, yes, <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's been quite refreshing. <laughs> so, other than uh, doing the social media stuff for races, hmm. have you supported people, volunteered at races, marshalling, anything like that? Yeah, I think um, when, we, when I got into running, first of all, I was very much aware of. I've always been a person that says thank you to Marshall um, and smile at Marshalls because they're out there in all weathers while we get to go and do what we do. So yeah, I've I have marshalled a couple of things. I've, the first one I marshalled that again with Stephen. We like it's like we're joined at the hip, but not really. <laughs> we did the Go Thirty Three. Um, we marshalled at that. That was a great experience, an amazing experience, and we were at the bit just when people had a few miles to go so you've got everybody wanting to stop and pull out so part of it I think is to encourage them to keep going. I've supported runners, I supported Stephen when he did the Devil of the Highlands, I supported and ran with Gillian McGill on the West Highland Way um, there was a year I put my name down to volunteer at the West Highland Way race and about it felt like 10 days before the actual race day a guy Rick Hessner coming from America, his crew fell apart. So um, myself and Devin Scott uh, gave up our marshalling duties. I think Devin still actually marshalled at Balmaha, but she then Devin then came with me, and both of us seen Rick all the way up the. It was great. He wasn't a diva at all. <laughs> he was brilliant, really well prepared. So I've been on that side of it, and I love that. Yeah. And I'd recommend everybody. For something like the West Highland Way, certainly takes part in that to see what's involved and. Do you think it improved your running from seeing that side of things? Definitely, I've seen and I've spoke with a lot of people on the Young Hearts Run Free podcast about what what can go wrong, and there's a, there's generally a pattern to when it does. The longer you go, there's going to be a bit where your stomach's going. Nah, I don't fancy that. So learning what other people do. And how they combat it and seeing what works and getting wee ideas and also the mental things that that people do i've learned absolutely loads just from being there and observing what's happening and the interaction between crew and runner yeah it's vital yeah. You, you mentioned young hearts run free podcast if, you, if anybody hasn't heard of it you have now uh, who would be your ideal guest living or in the past to be on the show? Ooh, that's a brilliant <laughs> question. You hadn't, you hadn't lined that one up for me. Um, I will let the... It's not a cat with the bag. It's just a dream that we've got. That I, we've got a... Um, we're currently romancing somebody that can romance Courtney DeWalter, so that would be fantastic. But she's probably got a long line of... Um, runners that she, that she would or sorry podcast that, that she would speak to before she gets to us um, but I, I must be honest I've thoroughly enjoyed everybody that's been on us we've had 
stars. You can speak about people like Damien Hall, John Kelly, Jasmine Paris, Elish McCogan, and Arnold. Elish McCogan. So they're the they're the, the sort of mega stars that are in there. But you know what? I also think I get inspiration from what I'm going to call the ordinary runners who do extraordinary things. So, and I think a lot of people are fed back that there's there's sometimes the ones that people enjoy the most because it's relatable. Yeah. You know. Um, so I've really enjoyed all of them. I suppose the one person that has always been in the back of my head is Josh Naylor from the, the late, you know, utter legend. I would love to get some time with Josh Naylor. Um, I've read books about his exploits and the stuff that he's done. He's one of these like trailblazers, isn't he? So. And we've had you on already, Mike. So we're, you know. I, I was surprised you didn't mention me in the megastar list. <laughs> well, if we're talking about last one standing, we'd have to do that, wouldn't we? So, yeah. So, uh, similar sort of question Have you got a dream race that you would like to do? Um, I would, you know what, I'd have to say Western States. That would be, I've watched probably every single video and YouTube clip that's available about Western States. I know some people who've been there. I'm, the one that's jumping in my head, John Conley, his finish a couple of years ago was absolutely magnificent. Um, I know Pam Smith was over there this year crewing for her pal, Lex. Um, so in the last couple of years, I've got to know people who've actually been there and spoken to them about their experience, and it's just made the draw for me even bigger. I've never flung my hat in the ring. I've never had the ticket, or whatever the sister how it works, to to get in the ring. But I think that would be the one that I would dream of. But then I'm, now I'm thinking about UTMB and things <laughs> like that. But I think Western States would still win it out for me. I think. Right, you, you mentioned uh, last one standing, and mm. previously you've said you wanted to do tw uh, 100 miles in 24 hours. Well, that lines up perfectly. So, <laughs> does it interest you? It definitely does. You know what? I came up to Blair Athol this year to see, to be there at the time where that 24 hours was going to rock around and to see all the legends, yourself included, that were there going to go out again. I'd deliberately stayed away from it before, uh, years before, because I just, I know what I'm like. But yeah, no, that, that seed is planted in my mind. Um, I think though, I'd need to do, or I think I'd be willing to do one first and learn what it feels like as a sort of recce, if you like, and then learn the lessons from that. Because I've never been in that. Yeah. I've never been in that go stop go stop environment before um, well I suppose Glenmore you can choose to do it but there's not a hooter saying right you've got to go again now so I'd be quite prepared to have two goes at it the first one is a recce yep. and then the second one maybe I could do that if I'm a sixth year <laughs> yeah. well, I, I've done seven mm -hmm. and I can honestly say I'm still learning now every yeah. race that I've done I've learnt something changed something yeah so can you remember back to your first one? Yeah. And was that, in your eyes, in your mind, was that a success for you? Or how? Uh, no, no, definitely not. I, I did 25 hours in Suffolk 
unsupported, mm. and I gave up too easy. Right, but you but you learned that. Oh, yeah, you take yeah. them to the next one, don't you? So yeah. yeah, I'd be delighted with twenty five. <laughs> <laughs> That's my first one, but um, I take my hat off to everybody that even lines up to go and do it. You know, so yeah, it's something I do. And the Blair Atto one really appeals to me. It's just up the road. It's not too far. Um, yeah, there's nothing stopping me doing it in 2025 maybe. Uh, go, going back to one of the first questions we asked, mm -hmm. back when you started running, is there anything that you know now that you could tell yourself back then that you, you wish you knew? Instantly thinking of strength and conditioning helps, it plays a part, not just in your preparation for running but in your recovery from running as well so that would be the thing it was something that we I've, I've joked about it I've, I've actually I should go back and listen to myself joking about it because I was actually being a bit of a fool um, the it's it's simple it doesn't have to be complicated exercises but getting that keeping yourself as flexible as you can um, pays massive rewards I think more so in that recovery and uh, again it, that's something that I'm grateful to Fiona Walt for not bringing to my attention but encouraging me to do it it's something I still do every day there's a bit of strength and conditioning and yoga, pilates, whatever um, I wish I'd been I wish I'd done that from the start and final question we all think about how much we love running we love doing this is there anything that you don't like about running um, I was going to say hills but I've got to, I've got to get <laughs> over that and that's that's part of the reason for signing up for the Lakeland 100 I'm going to force myself to do that is there anything I don't like about running um I don't think there is. I, well, there is actually. I don't like the entry fees of some of the big races. I think they've went extortionate. I would encourage people to seek out local club races for for hills. You don't have to go and pay a fortune to have a good time. There's a whole load of good times to be had at the sort of local events. So that's the one thing I think I don't like that the actual physical act of running it's brought me so much benefit to my life both physically emotionally mentally I, I, do I struggle with my mental health I have, I have I have mental health running makes my mental health better so I would I'll always be grateful for that but you know I think to say there's something I don't like, it would simply be that the cost and the marketing of the big events. I think that's sure. Is that okay? Yeah, no. It's All right. I promise that would be the last question. So we're going to call it a day and say thank you very much. Thank you, man. Really enjoyed that. Okay, thank you very much.
hearts run free. Your hearts run free. Your hearts run free.